back with another episode of Awareness to Action Enneagram Podcast. And this is starting off appropriately for the subtype of the seven. I'm with my Poussiant hosts. Poussiant? Uh, yes. What's that? <laughs> what does that mean? That means having great power or influence. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it doesn't. If I had to guess what it means, know. that would have probably been the last. Uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Good. So yeah, we were talking about the subtypes of the seven today. Uh, Mario has a lot of uh, experience with seven, so this <laughs> ought to be interesting. I live with a house full of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is great. So um, tell us, tell us about what are the misconceptions that you often see? Two big but related misconceptions. Number one, that they're happy all the time, right? Um, and say more. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I got, I got, we got time. And uh, number two, that they're always the life of the party. And uh, number three, I guess so. There's three rather than two. Um, that they're they're all rebels, right? They're all oh, I don't care about the rules, etc. The reality is, and you know, again, I live with three th- sevens and have a few sevens by marriage in the family and a few couple of my mother's sisters are sevens. So I've, you know, I got a whole lot of seven in my life and um, they're not happy all the time, right? They're, that's their public persona that they're happy, that they're positive all the time. But the reality is that um, they're not always. In fact, they can be frustrated and irritable and, you know, disappointed and, what I find, and, and I think I referred to this a little bit last episode, uh, recently I had a, a, a client I was interviewing who had learned about the Enneagram and assumed he was a six, right? He was told he was a six by his wife who, you know, is, you know, has a little bit of Enneagram training. But it was very clear to me that he was actually a preserving seven. And, and I said to him, when you go home and tell your wife this, she's going to think you're nuts. Because she sees the complaining side, the disgruntled side, the unhappy side that the rest of the world doesn't see and that is not part of your public persona. So there's this public persona about sevens that's very different from the reality of the sevens. And again, based on the uh, subtype, we can talk about are they truly the life of the party, right? Uh, That varies according to subtype. Mm. What do you think is the universe trying to tell you with putting so many sevens in your life? Yeah, be happier, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look at the bright side. Stop <laughs> whining. Stop whining. <laughs> now, come on. I don't whine. I rant. Uh, yeah, well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So. You pontificate. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I, I, with several sevens in my life, regardless of subtype, I've, I've heard similar stories of feeling the pressure from childhood of being the entertainer of yes. the family. And if not the entertainer, the mood lightener, mm-hmm. the, you know, the one who brings a little bit of happiness into our world. Mm-hmm. And that's a burden to carry. Mm-hmm. So life is not happy. Yes, it. it and, and, <laughs> and and thus we should be angry. Yes. No, uh, so, <laughs> yes. no. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's just me being being fory. And um, uh-huh. no, I have I have some really good. Some of my best friends are sevens, and mm-hmm. 
it's such it's such a wonderful thing being their friend because it's that they, they slap me when I'm being only sad and I slap them when they're only being happy with our words, not physically. There's no yeah. need to call the authorities. Um, there you go. <clears throat> but it's 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 such a it's such a wonderful dance, and we find the different angles of the same same thing we're talking about so yeah and this is the nice one of the nice things about sevens is that they really are you know at least for me um, nice to be around right mm-hmm. i mean you know it's like bringing flowers into the room in a way you know mm-hmm. i mean it's like they just brighten it up a little bit and 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 one of the i'll say character flaws i see in sevens is their lack of animosity hostility or malevolence toward other people right um and you know and and so it's nice to just be around somebody there might be some bias there <laughs> <laughs> now they, they really they lack ill will most of the time hmm. right and even if somebody does them wrong they really you know they're they're more likely to just avoid it in the future yeah you know they, they might be irritated for a moment or whatever but they're just gonna say, hey, you know what i'm just not gonna deal with that person anymore right uh so they just you know bring this positivity mm-hmm. to their environment again more the social you know and i don't want to i don't want to give the impression that sevens at home are these monsters and you know unhappy all the time and well that's what you're doing Mario, yeah, yeah, so well, you better uh, clarify no. that yeah, well thank you i i, I do i, I just Again, it's more conflicted, okay? The home seven is much more conflicted, right? Because at times they are this bright, happy, you know, uplifting sort of person. And then other times they're really not. And so we say, well, what happened to that person? Or where Mm. did that person go? Or so forth. There is sometimes my experience has been too easily trusting and can work itself out into some level of naivety. I don't know if that is specific to seven or just the people that I'm thinking of in my head. Yeah, I, I think it can certainly be an issue. I, you know, I, I always make the distinction when I teach this stuff to a group. I talk about how the seven looks for what could go wrong. I'm sorry, the six looks for what could go wrong, whereas the seven looks for what could go right. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that is going to make them, just like the six might ignore, you know, some of the positive uh, opportunities out there, the seven can overlook some risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just don't want to think about that. That brings me down. Or I'm just so busy looking at the positive options that I just don't see the dangers or the risks and mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So for sure, there, there. You know, there's this there's this saying that salespeople are the easiest people to sell to. Right, um, because they're always looking for a way to make the deal. They're always looking for a way to make it happen. So mm. they're, you know, predisposed to come to agreement. Well, it's the same with sevens, right? They're the easiest people. Uh, they can be the easiest people to fool into just seeing the positive and overlook the risk. Mm. Interesting. All right, let's move into the preserving seven. We've already talked about preserving sevens a little bit, but uh, what are some observations um, in this subtype? Yeah, so the, the preserving seven. So this is interesting. And for me, uh, one of my uh, associates uh, early on in my Enneagram days was a preserving seven. Now, we didn't work that closely, but we did do some collaborating. And I would always be shocked at how much of a homebody he was, how much he didn't want to socialize, how much he 
was a minimalist in certain ways, you, you know, didn't want to take risks and, you know, wanted to make sure he was getting the most use out of things. You know, he would talk about going on a business trip and only, you know, if he was there for six days, he would only take three pair of underwear because he could flip them inside out and, you know, oh rewear my. them. Or yeah, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, you know, but he, you know, he wanted to pack lightly and, you know, all these sort of things. And again, not all preserving sevens will do that, but it's this idea of, um, this real, real focus. And, and I actually had a client one time, again, early on in my uh, working with this, who was a preserving seven. And the peop other people on his team said, you can't be a seven because your, your kitchen is so organized. Right. So, and, uh, you know, everything's, you know, all the spices are in a rack. And my wife, who's a preserving seven, does the same thing. I mean, all, you know, everything, you, you know, it's like a ship there that mm. you know everything's where it should be and has a place and there's this order and structure so the preserving sevens are nesters and they they get excited about the nest okay they don't get excited about what's happening outside the nest most of the time i mean they they might you know but you know i I'm, i feel happiest when i'm in the nest doing nest stuff mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken your wife did go to culinary school Yes. Right. So how much of that is just, I mean, they're going to hammer that into keep your station clean, keep things organized, all those sort of things. What, how much of that is a skill? She, she was that before she went to culinary okay. school. Right. 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 And, and I see it in other sevens, preserving sevens as well. Mm. Right. So there's this, you know, no, that chair goes here kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. Maria Jose, what is, what has been your experiences with uh, preserving sevens? On top of what Mario uh, has already said, I think that there's also a quality because of the preserving influence. I think that they might look a bit one-ish at times yeah. and concerned about order and those things, which it's not all ones. I'm a, I'm a navigating one and I don't care that much about it, but the stereotype of the one could be uh, confused at times with a seven. It's just that, and, and I think that because it's, it's the support strategy of the seven, all sevens have this quality of like wanting to be like a good kid so that they leave me alone. But with uh, the preserving seven, it's more visible. And, but they have this lighter energy. Like it's when I'm confused or somebody's confused about uh, a seven being a seven or a one, just sevens are lighter. It's like they were floating five centimeters. I don't know how much that is in inches, <laughs> two inches above the ground, you know, so it's different. Mm. You know, and as I'm listening to that and I'm putting myself in the place of a listener who, you know, thinks about what the literature of the seven is, it just strikes me how bizarre it is to say that a seven can be confused with a one. Mm. Right. And this, again, is why really understanding the instinctual biases is so important, because mm -hmm. this is one of the types that if you see that, if you go into their home and you see everything exactly where it should be and it looks like a, a showroom and uh, all this, you think, yeah, no, sevens are supposed to be like the uh, sloppy guy in the odd couple, you know, and a big mess and all that. Not a preserving seven. Mm. No. no. And, and with preserving sevens. I think that when you try to put them with other sevens, they don't look that sevenish. And right. when you put them with other preservers, they don't look that preserving. Right. So there's always something off 
there. It's like with uh, transmitting nines. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's they're not completely nine-ish, but they're not completely transmitting. Mm. So I usually confuse not so much the type in general, but like transmitting sevens and preserving, sorry, transmitting nines and preserving sevens. I usually uh, consider those two when there's some these kind of these combination that it's so clear. Yeah. In in the past few months, I've had two different preserving sevens who, you know, were part of a training I was going through and I interviewed them ahead of time who were familiar with the Enneagram and mistyped. And one was as a six, the one I just referred to, and the other one was as a one, right? His wife, who again learned the Enneagram through a disreputable source, uh, I believe, thought he was a one. And we had Maria Jose, even the, there was that guy in that training, I think we did in uh, in the Middle East, where the guy, his, his wife told him, oh, he's definitely a one and that sort of thing. Yeah. And the guy was a preserving seven. I mean, it he was, was such just, a seven. <laughs> he was such a seven. And when, you know, and he did a couple of weeks of training with us and we said, you know, dude, you're you know, his wife yeah. said, oh, that's they don't know what they're talking about, you know, blah, blah, blah. She was an eight, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I have one of my friends is a preserving seven and the it's obvious how much he cares about family, his house, his finances, yes. all of those things. It doesn't feel like he's holding his breath about it. Yeah. Um, it It's very much every conversation ends up in some level of imagination or dreaming of mm-hmm. how those preserving things can continue to be better and yes. to grow and to yes. evolve. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of future thinking and a lot of idealizing and a lot of fantasy related to the preserving things, you know, that, oh, this is what the life's going to be like and, oh, you know, when I have this new kitchen thing, you know, mm-hmm. everything will be mm-hmm. great and so forth, you know, and, uh, oh, we'll go on this idyllic, uh, camping trip and everything's going to be wonderful. Remember, and, you know, remember the uh, that person we interviewed from one of our trainings who was mm-hmm. thinking about planning the uh, outdoor, yeah, you know, furniture, and it would go on and on about different years. options for years. Yes. yes, yes. Before she, you know, made the decision to do something, and you know, and because of that, you know, people were watching the the video. All didn't see it as seven ish, right? But. Hmm. That's what it was all about, you know, uh, because yeah, it was all fantasy stuff. Yep. yep. Well, let's just hit the pattern of expression here. So, uh, so re- real quick. So, uh, the zone of inner conflict is in the navigating domain. So they are, you know, and it's really interesting what, what I find, and we'll contrast this in a moment with the navigating seven is that the preserving seven, when they're around other people, are really talkative, really outgoing, really, you know, chatty, and seem really sevenish. Okay, but they want to leave. Okay, they they're they're doing it because of an obligation, and it's almost like they feel like they have to fill the space of a conversation to you know make everybody feel happy. And the sooner everybody's happy, the sooner the sooner I can get out of here, almost mm-hmm. right. So there's this real conflict in the navigating domain. And when it comes to transmitting, again, it's just not something they care that much about, right? So yeah, they like people to be happy. They you know very often seem like they like to talk. But they really are not comfortable bringing attention to themselves and, you know, being the one standing out and getting mm. all the attention. All right, then let's move on to the navigating seven. What's your, uh, Mario, tell us, tell us about the navigating seven. What's been your experience? 
So the Navigating 7, again, is one that is a bit different than the stereotype. And maybe sometimes even, looks like four. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and sometimes like nines and they can be, uh, they, they, they're quieter. Ironically. Interesting. The one that, yeah, the, yeah. Ironically, the one that people think are, you know, social are actually more introverted. Yeah. They're more uh, reserved. Yeah, and they might not seem like sevens right away, and I find that they have a hard time identifying themselves very often because of the stereotypes of the seven. But there's this inhibition and caution that comes in the navigating domain that makes them not want to say the wrong thing, and they want to observe and they want to take things in. Now, once they start talking, you know, you'll see the seven come out, right? But it's a, um, but it's not by any stretch the robin williams stereo jim carrey stereotype of the seven it's you know you might not even notice them for quite a while hmm. so can you give a, an example of a navigating seven um i'm trying to think of a movie character or something or a public example and one of the challenges about navigators is that there're often not that many good public examples of them Right, because they, you know, one of the challenges with most navigators is that they're notable for what they're not doing. Okay, whereas the transmitters and the preservers, you notice what they are doing. Right, mm -hmm. so you notice transmitters transmitting, you notice the behaviors of the preservers, but very often the the navigators are kind of listening and observing, and so they don't stand out as much. So. You know, we used The Breakfast Club, the movie The Breakfast Club, uh, back from the, you know, the 1940s or whenever that movie was. And now it was the, the <laughs> mid 80s. Um, but basically uh, the 40s for me. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, uh, and I don't know if any of those characters were necessarily navigating sevens, but um, one of the things that's notable about that movie is how much happens through exchange of looks and so forth, right? And so what you'll see in The Navigating Seven is this tendency to observe and then get kind of enthused about interests that other people express, right? So they'll, they'll really want to learn. They're hungry for knowledge. They're hungry for experience. They're, and by experience, I mean just tasting things and seeing things and so forth, right? So it, it really is hard to say, oh, here's a great example of a Navigating Seven. Um, with the Dalai, I mean, you talk uh, about the, the Dalai okay, Lama. Yeah, so the Dalai Lama is a great example. Thank you for that. Next, I was just wondering if Joe Biden might be a navigating seven as well. Mm. Um, you know, that he's very likely could be a navigating mm. seven. I'd want to think more about that. But what about yeah, the Dalai George Lama. W? No, I think George was a transmitter. Yeah, mm. I, I think he was a transmitter. Okay. And uh, I'm not even sure about seven. Um, okay. But... Maybe more um, could, six. could be. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm between six and seven okay. with him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, with, you know, and here, if we go into the uh, pattern of expression, when they get into transmitting mode, they can be real, you know, they can transmit and they can be very comfortable, right? They're, you know, they can get up on the stage and, you know, have fun. And, you know, my son, I think, is a navigating seven. And, um, you know, he's very quiet around the house, right? We, we hardly ever see him. He's in his room. Sweet kid, nice kid, you know, talkative when you engage with him, but otherwise doesn't. And, but 
you know, he'll, he started playing in a band, uh, you know, a year and a half or so ago, you know, just a school thing. And so we'd go to the shows and he's up there having fun and wearing goofy hats and stuff, you know, and just, you know, kind of showing off a little bit, but in a very different way than a transmitting seven would. Yeah. Um, and if you're in a group and you have to share the airtime, then they would be more ambivalent about mm, transmitting. Yeah. And if they... Yeah did go on and on talking, they would say, oh, did I talk too much? Uh, was it okay? So they have this, they feel this friction when it's not like the stage is only for themselves. I think I'm, I think I'm also realizing that the bias of even, even the language is striving to feel excited, I need to expand my definition of what excited looks like because yeah. it's been pounded in, into my head of enthusiasts. So like yes. just very extroverted, very... Go get them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 excited really just you know means like stirred up a little bit, stimulated. You know, it's mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be something really dramatic. But the, with the navigating seven, they will. You'll see them. You know, get curious and get engaged with things more than some other might. Right. So so I'll give an example. My my son, who's the navigating seven, he keeps a log of every Saturn he sees, right? The cars, wow. right? Just oh, because not the planet. Yeah, okay. no, not the planet. Yeah. No, it's just it's just hey, you know, it's kind of a weird idea. Yeah, mm. you know, there's this quirky thing, you know, where these Saturns came out. And so if he ever sees a Saturn in a parking lot or something, he just he pulls out his phone and he keeps that's amazing. He'll, he'll say, yeah, I've seen them, you know, here and there. And it's just, there's this lightness to it, you know, and he tracks his dreams, you know, which we didn't find out until the mother of some other kid told us. And because he was, you know, sharing his dreams with people. And I said, well, why are you doing? And it's not that, you know, he's looking for some deep Jungian analysis of his dreams or something. He just thinks it's kind of cool, kind of mm. interesting, you know. And it's like, yeah, isn't this, you know, isn't this something? So, uh, so it's a different kind of excitement, right? It's not the, you know, the I just won the lottery sort of excitement. Sure, it feels it feels leaning towards quirky, but not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like an innocent quirkiness. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and it and I think the curiosity of the seven in general uh, makes them enjoy things that yeah. many of mm. us would not even pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this applies to navigating sevens as well. It, it yeah. feels somewhat 5 Would Would that be a representation it, of that uh, line? So, yeah, so it's interesting. And, and, and even, you know, um, as I was saying that, I thought, okay, well, how is this different from the five? And I, I think it's the, the, usually when fives are cataloging things, it's almost like, I'm putting them in boxes to, uh, again, kind of remove myself from the world, right? In, yeah, in it's like to create way. a model. Yeah, it's to yeah that's that's a good in way to think about of it. Model. Right? Yeah. yeah, in service of a model. Whereas, uh, whereas with the the seven, it's just like, yeah, isn't that neat? Yeah, mm -hmm. Right? You, you know. Fine. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Navigating seven, the the uh, zone of indifference is in the preserving domain, right? So, and oddly enough, I find that most most of the navigating sevens that I know, their life is kind of orderly, right? It's it is kind of, you know it's not chaotic and messy like you know mm -hmm. it might be we might think it would be because it's the zone of indifference, but it's just because it's the less 
weight and disruption I have in my life, hmm. the more I can do this just sort of flitting around thing, right? So again, if I use my son as an example, it's, look, I, I make my bed and I clean my room because then I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about mm -hmm. it. People will leave me alone. It's not because I feel this deep need to have everything in order. It's just one more thing I don't have to think about. Yeah. So I can think about other stuff. Yeah. Right? Which is a difference. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, keeping things clean and orderly is a way in which like it's beautiful. It needs to be more beautiful. Like it, yeah. if it's not beautiful, if it doesn't look good, it's distracting and I, I can't do any work until yeah. it's. And, and again, that's different from preserving. So the preserving uh, instinctual bias is in service of your strategy and your need mm -hmm. to navigate. Right. So mm -hmm. in that case. Yeah. Good. All right. So let's move into the final one, uh, which is yeah. transmitting seven. So so again, here we're into the stereotype right, of the right, type. Yeah. Uh, Maria Jose, did you want to say something? No, that, that, this is the kind of flashier ones, uh, noisy, and the one that we hope to see when we think about sevens. And I don't know, oddly enough, I, I was doing a training the other day and there was a transmitting seven who was clearly a transmitting seven and still saw herself as a one. You know, and mm. and you can think how, and uh, how, and she did because her inner experience was had something to do with perfectionism and uh, trying to do the right thing, but her expression of uh, everything was very excited. So uh, so it's funny. And, and and there's this element of in the transmitting seven of you need to enjoy this too, right? This is so good. This is so much fun. You need to enjoy it too. And you not enjoying it takes my fun away, okay? Which can feel one-ish, right? Because there can be this, you know, need to impose uh, an idealized state onto the environment or to the other uh, so that it doesn't take away from their joy. But yeah, I agree with Marie Jose is that this is the stereotype of the seven. It's the most visible and obvious seven. And they, and again, as somebody who knows and loves quite a few of these folks, they can be exhausting at times, right? Because it's like, you know, where, where, where do I find the off button here? Right. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and my, my youngest son is a transmitting seven and, you know, my mother uh, always refers to him as Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, right? The, the lion that's always just bouncing around on their tail. He's a tiger, not a lion. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Gosh. Tiger. Thanks. Well, I, I slip of the tongue. I know wow. he's a tiger. Um, <laughs> he's the cowardly lion from Winnie the Pooh, mm -hmm. right? So uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm referring to the only two movies Creek has yeah. ever seen here, so I got to be careful. All right. So, <laughs> well, I don't know if you've heard the wonderful thing about Tiggers is uh, he, he's the only one. So yeah, okay, there maybe he's a four. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I have seen. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, this boy is just always bouncing. Okay, now when I say always, obviously he's not because there's times when he just sits and watch videos on mm -hmm. his phone and he sleeps and that sort of thing. But way more than other people, this boy's just bouncing around. 
and you know literally we he has a basketball court in our family room because he's just got to be moving and doing things and and whatnot and so um so the transmitting seven is this one that we see constantly moving constantly talking constantly doing constantly you know trying to make other people happy and enjoy life as well until of course they disappear and go into their lair and hide which is you know the the secret trick of the seven is i'm happy when other people are around and expect it and then i just disappear so they don't see my i just want to lay here and watch tv mm. mode right mm-hmm. so um, it's like not part of their public persona so exactly they need to do it in hiding yeah the the, the I th- I can't remember whether it was Naranjo or Ichazo who referred to the seven as the charlatan um, because of this tendency to put on a facade of happiness and positivity and optimism mm. that they leave up there like some sort of Potemkin village and then kind of go into their their lair and just be normal right um, it, it's interesting I guess I'm just noticing. I, I know other types do this. I just don't resonate with it as much of having two different personas, having to keep up two different personas, where I'm probably more likely to force my <laughs> doom and gloom on everyone I meet. Yeah, um, and thank you for that. Too. Yeah, you're really welcome. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Authenticity. So, yeah, what's what? What is that? Well, we all face these pressures between mm-hmm. the expectation of the other and, you know, what, what we really feel and what we're really wrestling with is the whole, you know, um, Winnicott's nature of a true self and a false self, right? That, you know, the false self is the one we show to others. The true self is, you know, what we feel deep inside. And in order to, you know, we cover that up in order to be loved and part of society. So we all feel that, but... Because the, you know, some of the types are so dependent on the uh, approval from others and sevens are one of these types, right? So, you know, when I hear them, you know, people say, oh, sevens are aggressive and they're, you know, don't care what other people think. That's just a bunch of horse hockey. Um, you know, they, they, yeah, I know. It's, it, I'm doing the PG, I'm doing the PG version of the, um, of the podcast today. I think that's uh, called polo. Horse hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say something else, and I just grabbed a a word there. So, uh, but there's this, um, you know, for somebody like you, Creek, or somebody like me, I don't really get much of, you know, sense of concern for what other people think of me. And in fact, I don't mind poking them in the eye a little bit, right? So, uh, (laughs) but some of the other types are more dependent upon approval from others and sevens fall into that category yeah and and there's also a concept i think uh it's recent hudson who said it's uh, the social role mm-hmm. and for sevens is the energizer it's yeah. like they feel like that's their social role yeah. uh, and uh for the eight for example it's the rock so and and i think that it makes sense it's like sure. this is what i think it's my role so i need to fulfill it i need to yeah. fulfill the other people's expectations of me in this regard and it's not almost like it's false or or, or real it's what mm-hmm. people need and people yeah. expect from me so i need to do it 
the seven is one of the types where there's such a difference between what the social role is and what they're often feeling inside. And again, I don't want to say that it's that they're not really happy right. uh, a lot of the time and that they're not really optimistic because they are, right? And sometimes they're not. And mm-hmm. so we just need to be aware of that. Yeah. Interesting. So, with with the transmitting seven, um, again, the high energy, the you know, the the they want to be engaging, and you know, so they are probably the most likely to have excessive sort of lives and be the stereotype of the seven who can be the life of the party at least while they're there, right? But they often leave the party earlier. The zone of inner conflict is around the preserving domain, right? So, always, do I have enough? You know, did, did I? use the resources right am i taking care of myself etc and the the zone of indifference is in the navigating domain and so transmitting sevens it's funny because i've yet to meet a transmitting seven who didn't think they were awesome at reading (laughs) other people's cues and you know figuring out what they want and understanding them and listening and paying attention and i've yet to meet a transmitting seven who's actually good at it um you know beyond somebody who's really 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 trained themselves to do it so Mm. you know most of the transmitting sevens i know say oh yeah i'm really in tune with what other people are thinking and i really pay attention i love to hear people's stories and and they go on for 20 minutes telling you how much they love to hear other people's stories and then they say okay i gotta run now and you know Mm. sort of thing so um so they can really really wrestle in the navigating domain because they just you know they're they're transmitting and they're transmitting excitedly and they got lots and lots of words to put out there mm-hmm. and you know and they do <clears throat> well that was a wonderful exciting episode on the uh the sevens the subtypes of the seven make sure to tune in next week with a lot of references to the godfather um <laughs> for a, a really powerful episode really on the top of it. Yeah, 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 yeah there we go finally something worth talking about <laughs> okay. yeah. um thanks for listening y'all talk to you soon so long Thanks for listening to the Awareness to Action Enneagram podcast. If you're interested in more information or talking to Mario, MJ, or myself, feel free to reach out to us through the links in the show notes or by emailing info at awarenesstoaction.com. All episode transcriptions and further information can be found at awarenesstoaction.com slash podcast. 